0: It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, the show that's so nice we do it twice. This is episode number one, the Thursday night game, as well as all the Sunday 1 p.m. games we will post the Sunday late game, Sunday nighter, Monday nighter, in your podcast app after midnight tonight. You can also check them all out always over at RossTucker.com. And if you are looking for a place to make your online wagers, betonline.ag is the place. It's your online sportsbook experts. Use the code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. He's the star of the show, and you know this, at Evan Silva of Roto World fame He's the best in the business, which is why he is my guy for the Fantasy Feast podcast. I'm Ross Tucker at Ross Tucker NFL, longtime NFL offensive lineman, just kicking butt pretty much in every fantasy league in which I reside. Speaking of kicking butt, if you want to be able to kick butt with your investments, you got to check out the Robin Hood app. It lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, crypto. And it's not just for rich people. It's for anybody. You know, other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade. There's no cost. There's no commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all of your profits. It's crazy easy to use. And even if you're not that knowledgeable about it, you can really learn just by doing it. Here's the deal. They're giving you guys a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build up your portfolio when you sign up at fantasyfeast.robinhood.com. That's fantasyfeast.robinhood.com. So once you make all that money from winning your Fantasy Feast leagues thanks to Evan, you can go ahead and invest it on the Robinhood app, fantasyfeast.robinhood.com, Evan, let's roll, baby. It's Thursday night. It's Miami. It's Houston. My two comments, no Albert Wilson's a problem for the Dolphins. Osweiler starts again. Meanwhile, don't look now, Evan, but the Texans' offensive line is actually playing a little bit better
1: now. A little bit better. Uh, They are, and and the Dolphins have not been good uh, in terms of their pass rush. Uh, They are 28th in sacks, 29th in quarterback hit rate. This is all good news for Deshaun Watson. You know, Deshaun Watson, the Texans have been trying to protect him recently, not running as much, only averaging 7.5 rushing yards per game over the last two open the season, averaging uh, over 40 rushing yards per game in the opening five. Uh, Until we see that rushing production come back up, um, I think that he's going to be a fringe fantasy starter. This projects as a a low-scoring game. 44.5 Uh, 44 and a half point total. It's actually come down a point. Uh, with that said, I think that you know, in, in like fantasy lineup decisions, you lean toward Deshaun Watson because you know that upside is there. It's just we have not seen it. Uh, he did have a two back to back difficult matchups against the Bills and the Jaguars. Um, you know, was not good in fantasy in either of them. Uh, but you know, he's playing through a partially collapsed lung and a broken rib. Um, they and they're trying to like you know uh, expedite him to the bye. Last week they really leaned on Lamar Miller and did so successfully. I mean that was one of Lamar Miller's better rushing games really during his Texans career. Uh, and the Dolphins do not have an imposing run defense by any means. Over the last month, uh, they have allowed 5.3 yards per carry and four rushing touchdowns in four games to opposing running backs. They've given up over 100 rushing yards in five straight games. Uh, Texans are favored by over a touchdown here, Uh, so this is a really good spot for Lamar Miller. Uh, I think that you could use him in combination in in the Thursday through Monday uh, slate on on, in DFS. Use him in combination with uh, the Texans defense, uh, which I think is in a really good spot here. You know, no one knows them. No one knows Brock Osweiler's minimal strengths and. Uh, vast amount of weaknesses, uh, like the Texans coaching staff, after spending a full year there with him, with him um, you know, Romeo Cornell, uh, I think that they are going to have significant advantages uh, at home against this Dolphins offense that is kind of, you know, flashed in spurts but ultimately overachieved now without Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson, uh, as you mentioned, at the top uh, in the DeAndre Hopkins against Xavier Howard, but DeAndre Hopkins has overcome uh, Byron Jones. Uh, he has overcome Tredavious White, and last week he overcame Jalen Ramsey, uh, had either a touchdown or and or 150-plus yards in all three of those. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is truly, truly matchup-proof. I'm excited about Will Fuller. Uh, Kiki QT not playing this one after aggravating his hamstring injury. Uh, Will Fuller was a decoy the previous two weeks, but last week he got it going again, tied DeAndre Hopkins for the team lead in targets with eight. Uh, and if you look at his stats with and without Kiki QT, significantly better when Kiki QT does not play. Uh, so, uh, and he was he was really underwhelming when Kiki QT was in there. So I think that that uh, bodes well for him. Tyler Irvin, As a guy, we could talk about just as a super, super deep, you know, single uh, game DFS slate uh, player. He moved into the slot for Kiki QT last week. He only saw one target, though. Uh, So he is a stretch former uh, running back at San Jose State. Caught 45 passes a senior, has struggled to get on the field in the NFL uh, due to injuries and them just not being able to find his offensive fit. He's kind of like a Dexter McCluster. Uh, with better speed, don't know what's going on with the Texans' tight ends yet. They somehow did not, none of their beat writers had any information on Tuesday about their injury report, so you'll just have to follow that uh, on your own. Ryan Griffin last week was out with an illness. Jordan Thomas and Jordan Aikens uh, stepped in as the Texans' tight end combined for one target, Uh, not promising. Osweiler, I think, is a start in two quarterback leagues. I would prefer to start the Texans' defense against him. This is a really bad spot for Frank Gore. I mean, there aren't many defense, run defenses in the league that are better than the Texans right now, holding opposing RBs to three point three and a uh, half yards per carry. Um, bad spot for Frank Gore. Uh, I think that Kenyon Drake can can, can he, I think he can get it done here with his big playability, with his receiving skills, um, averaging thirteen point three touches for ninety three point three yards per game over his last three. Adam Gase said on Monday that they would be using Kenyon Drake at wide receiver more due to their injuries there, which makes a lot of sense. He's going to be running a lot of routes in this game. I think he's a fine uh, PPR play. <clears throat> Danny Amendola has been Brock Osweiler's uh, main go-to guy. 18 targets, leads the team uh, in Osweiler's two starts, eight catches for 59, six for 84, and a touchdown last week. Um, Texans still without their stud slot corner Aaron Colvin. Uh, D- Danny Amendola is a strong wide receiver three play in this game. Jakeem Grant is my, my big sleeper here. If you need, you know, if you're in a deeper league or if you just want to play somebody fun in the Thursday night game, um, Jakeem Grant has monster, big play ability. Uh, he is going to be a full-time player here. I mean, after Kenny Stills and, um, uh, <clears throat> and Albert Wilson went out, it's really Albert Wilson. Uh, you could tie this directly. After Albert Wilson went out last week, Jakeem Grant ran 30 routes, uh, played 70% of the snaps, both season highs. That's very near to being a full-time player, and we're, we're going to see him in that role this week. The Texans' outside cornerback, Sharice Wright, Jonathan Joseph, old guys, Kareem Jackson, not as old, but kind of like a stiffer guy. Um, you know, These guys, you can they can be beaten with speed, and that's what Jakeem Grant has in space 437 3 7, uh, 40 <clears throat> Devonte Parker is going to play, but don't know how much he's going to play. He's been dealing with a quad injury. You know, his agent has been starting trouble with Adam Gase. Um, Brock Osweiler on uh, Monday was talking about how he's barely even played catch with Devontae Parker, like in their careers. I mean, certainly never practiced this week. They're going to, you know, they're leading up to the Thursday night game. They're just going to do walkthroughs. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to throw a dart at Devontae Parker. Um, tight ends, Jasicki and Nick O'Leary. I mean, you know, pick your poison kind of. Jasicki did make some plays last week, but O'Leary was out there more, running more routes. So, you know, trying trying to look to other guys for streamers. We can move on to the next one.
0: Next game is another London game. It's the Eagles and the Jaguars. The Jags offense has been atrocious the last three games. The Eagles, I'll just say this from watching them, they don't run the ball very effectively. Dallas Goddard's good, and Zach Ertz might be the best tight end in the NFL right now. He has been amazing this year.
1: Man, I certainly the best receiving tight end. I mean, there are some, there are some great tight ends right now, but I think just in terms of your inability to stop a dude, I think that Zach Ertz is right there. Um, and we could we could just start with the Eagles' offense. You know, the Jaguars' defense has kind of taken a turn for the worse uh, recently. And you know, they after last week they've lo- they've lost three games. Okay, and after last week in the locker room, like they're fighting. And now they have to go to London, you know, and take this long trip across the pond. Big three three hundred pound dudes on a plane. I mean, it just it just doesn't seem like. You know, with jet lag, it just does not seem like something that is good for a team in their situation. Um, so I kind of want—I kind of think that the Eagles might smash them. Uh, but the Eagles have kind of been underachieving recently or this season. Just a lot of kind of bad variance um, in one-score games. Carson Wentz played an incredible game last week until like the final three plays. I mean, the dude went 30 for 37. Um, you know, I, I he's another like fringe fantasy starter because you know you look at the matchup against against Jacksonville and doesn't seem like uh, a good you know a good spot for him. Um, and the Jaguars really, even you know, despite their defensive struggles, it's not like they've been giving up a whole lot of big games to quarterbacks. Um, with that said, he he is one of the the fringe starters that I think I would lean towards starting. Um, you know, rather than picking up one of the bad streamers off the waiver wire uh, in this particular week, um, you know, the Jaguars have been great against tight ends. I mean, they have really good safety play. You know, they have a lot of athleticism at linebacker, but Zach just has a knack for getting open and, you know, using his body in a very like he's just, just he's a smooth dude. And I mean, he's going to get a ton of targets. He has at least nine targets in seven straight games to begin the year. Alshon Jeffrey has been a man among boys. I mean, he has looked, you know, and it really goes back to last year's playoffs. That's when he really started to come on. He didn't necessarily have a great regular season. He was under 800 yards. He did score nine touchdowns, but we weren't seeing a lot of big games from him. And they started to have him with Nick Foles and he's having him now with Carson Wentz. Um, He's going to draw Jalen Ramsey, but I, again, I you know I don't know where, where the head is right now for the Jaguars defense. Um, I think that Alshon Jeffrey in a, in a neutral matchup would be a wide receiver one. I think that here he is still a wide receiver two, uh, and I, I would lean towards starting him unless I have really really great alternatives. Nelson Aguilar theoretically has the best matchup against the Jaguars slot coverage. Um, you know we saw like Cole Beasley rip them up in the slot. Uh, a couple of weeks ago last week kiki qt got hurt uh tyler irvin only came in and went, had the one target i mean with nelson aguilar he just really hasn't been as effective uh this year as, as i had hoped i was hoping that he would take another step forward um just he's a wide receiver four uh right now uh, at this point and that kind of wraps up the the pass catcher core i mean The running back situation is Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, and Josh Adams. You know, I think we can project Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood, depending on game flow, for something like twelve to sixteen touches apiece. You know, one week it's Wendell Smallwood outplaying Corey Clement, the next week it's Corey Clement outplaying Wendell Smallwood. Um, That's what happens in these uh, committees when it's not even necessarily a two guy committee because Josh Adams will play. I, I would be surprised, I guess, at this point, if we, would saw, if we saw Darren Sproles. Um, but, you know, it, it's not even these two guys, you know, uh, splitting the backfield evenly. So the, they're just flex options, uh, and the Jaguars have played good run defense for the most part. Although, um, again, I'm just not sure what to expect from their defense right now. Lamar Miller had a great game running the ball against them last week. On the other side, Blake Bortles is going to be on a short leash. Uh, as he should. Uh, they have lost, you know, their stud left tackle, Cam Robinson. They lost his backup, Josh Wells. Um, the, this left tackle that they have been trotting out, I had never heard of him uh, before. Uh, Josh Walker, fifth-year undrafted free agent out of Middle Tennessee, uh, just getting getting pummeled. And, uh, now he's going up against the Eagles. Eagles did lose Derek Barnett, which, which I hate to see the, uh, the shoulder, the season-ending shoulder injury. But, you know, they were sm- they're smart about their pass rushers. They have a lot of them. Um, and they're just going to bring up that the fourth-round pick, Josh Sweat. Uh, and, you know, they've got a, a bunch of other dudes, Chris Long. And, um, you know, the, the list goes on behind the starters. Michael Bennett and Brandon Graham. Uh, so I think they're going to be fine, and th- I think that the Jaguars are going to struggle to protect Blake Bortles. He's going to make mistakes, um, and you know you want to you want to use the Eagles' defense here uh, in, in the running game. This is going to be the debut for Carlos Hyde in Jacksonville's backfield. Uh, he's going to share time with T.J. Yeldon. The Eagles have you know a top three run defense, um, a highest tackle for loss percentage in the NFL. Uh, they get uh, tackle for tackles for a loss on 31% of opposing run plays, uh, which is just an incredible figure. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, and I have Carlos Hyde in a lot of leagues. I'm not trying to start him uh, against the Eagles' uh, defense when he's not going to catch passes. T.J. Yeldon, mildly appealing against Philadelphia as as a receiving back. Um, I do think he's going to play more than Carlos Hyde, but. You know, he's probably not going to get goal line carries. He's going to lose rushing attempts. Uh, in the receiver core, same deal as always. You know, the matchup is good against the Eagles. The w- the best place to attack them uh, is with your wide receivers. But, you know, it's Dante Moncrief and D.D. Westbrook and um, Keelan Cole and, you know, D.J. Shark has started to play more. Uh, so, and, and it's really hard to, to figure out you know, which one of those guys is going to have the best game. At this point, Dante Moncrief is getting the most targets. uh, He's getting the most air yards, and he's getting the most red zone love. So he would be at the top of the list, and then, you know, it it could go any which way. Uh, And then a tight end, James O'Shaughnessy, was out with a hip injury last week. Don't know if he's going to be back. We'll find out about that later in the week. We can move on to the next one.
0: Next one, Ravens, Panthers, Go.
1: Yeah, probably a low-scoring game. I mean, this is going to be – yeah, the, the the Ravens are like the worst matchup for anybody um, at pretty much any position. Uh, we did see um, – Michael Thomas uh, gave Jimmy Smith a lot of problems uh, last week. You know, can Devin Funches do the same? I, I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, Devin Funches has definitely taken a big fourth-year leap, though. Very promising fourth year leap. Cam was terrible in, in the first half last week, um, and I was I was watching the game live, um, and I was down on him, uh, you know, last week. So I was like, yeah, I kind of kind of had this one figured out, you know, and he goes nuts in the second half. I mean, winds up as the number three fantasy quarterback uh, on the week. I actually uh, left him in my in some of my fantasy lineups. I, and I had thought about pulling him and taking him out for Trubisky. Uh, who actually finishes the number two fantasy quarterback on the week. Uh, but I did leave Cam in, and, and he wound up having a big game. Uh, but it was all in the second half. Um, you know, I think that it's a, a very very similar situation in, in terms of uh, matchup. We are getting to play him uh, at home uh, in, instead of on the road this week. Um, and I think that, you know, he, he's just very much in the same place as he was uh, last week from like a, a, an outlook standpoint uh, in the running game, you know, running the ball on the Ravens is not easy, but Christian McCaffrey is going to play a hundred percent of the snaps. He's played hundred percent of the snaps in three of the last four games. Uh, in the other one, he he sat out for two snaps. Um, so, you know, you, you know that he's going to be out there a ton. Uh, you probably are lowering your, lowering your expectations If he has another real slow game, I think he's going to be one of the best buy-low targets in fantasy trades uh, because he's only got one touchdown on the season and he's got a great, great schedule uh, after this Ravens game. Uh, uh, The best place to attack the Ravens defense is with your tight ends. We saw uh, Ben Watson uh, take advantage of that with his best game of the season uh, last week. Greg Olson was really quiet against the Eagles, did catch the game-winning touchdown, uh, I think he's going to have a better week this week. Um, you know, don't really need to talk about DJ Moore or any of those guys. They're just they're rotating, and you know they're not full time players, and they don't get a lot of targets. Uh, on the Ravens side, I think that this Panthers defense is just not very good. Um, you know, they they don't they haven't been really great against the run, although they did play the run well last week. Um, but, you know, they don't really rush the passer well. I think that last week was their, actually their best pass rush game of the season. And Carson Wentz went 30 of 37. Um, so, I think that Joe Flacco is a good two-quarterback league play. Uh, I think that John Brown can, you know, get behind the Panthers' cornerbacks. I think he'll probably match up with uh, Dante Jackson. Uh, makes the most sense from a size standpoint for James Bradbury to be on Crabtree. We saw the one good game from Crabtree. Um, and I think it was kind of a flash in the pan. I mean, even after that game, John Harbaugh admitted that they like went out of their way, uh, to get the ball to Crabtree, like for confidence reasons. Um, so I think that John Brown continues to be the clearly superior fantasy play in that receiver core. Um, and you know, I, 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 my, my, hopes would continue to be high against Carolina he um i think he's an every week wide receiver 2 and michael crabtree is like a fringe wide receiver 3 play. Uh tight end is just a total nightmare. You know, four guys that they play at tight end don't want any part of that. Um Willie Sneed is an okay, not great, low upside, you know, not particularly great floor wide receiver 4 in PPR leagues. Um the backfield is you know t- kind of a nightmare. Um you know, even in a pretty good matchup, uh, it not do not have high hopes for Alex Collins beyond just you know he's like a touchdown or bust option, uh, and then Buck Allen, you know his his playing time has started to swing a little bit lately. Um, Gus Edwards has been getting on the field a little bit, and that can cut into both guys' work. We we can move on to the next one.
0: Let's get to it. It's the Jets at the Bears.
1: Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky, you know, you you watched the game last week, and it's evident that he has, like, mechanical issues as a a passer. Uh, He misses high off his back foot continually. He has this crazy tendency to just throw the ball into crowds. Um, But, you know, he's been unbelievable in fantasy recently in the box score, and that's what we care about in fantasy. We would prefer our guy, you know, everything to be pretty and perfect. Um, you know when we watch the games, but at the end of the day, what we care about is, is what, hap- what is happening in the box score in fantasy football. And he's been a top five fantasy quarterback in each of his last three starts. Um, the Jets have given up thirty points or more in three of the last four weeks. Uh, four, or I'm sorry, five of the last six quarterbacks to face them have been top fourteen uh, fantasy producers. So the, all this suggests that Mitchell Trubisky is a high floor, high upside play. In Week 8, Tarek Cohen uh, has really emerged as a much, much bigger factor in the Bears' offense. uh, Has catch totals of 7, 7, and 8. Over the last three games, touch counts of 12, 14, and 20. um, Going back to Week 4 before their Week 5 bye, every week RB2. It uh, doesn't matter if you're playing uh, PPR or non-PPR. The dude is a locked-in fantasy starter. I mean, they use him around the goal line. You know, he's going to get touchdown opportunities. He can hit big plays uh, from outside of the goal line area. Uh, and, uh, like, legit RB1 upside in uh, full PPR. Uh, played a career-high 42 snaps last week. Leads the team in targets over the last three games. Jordan Howard is just, you know, in that kind of touchdown or bust RB2 territory. Um, You know, not being used in the passing game. uh, Has, what, one catch since week three. Um, You know, he he needs to get into the end zone uh, to to pay off. The Jets' run defense has not been as good uh, lately. So that helps. I mean, they have given up. 5.4 5.4 yards per carry over their last three games. Um, Allen Robinson got dominated by Stefan Gilmore last week, one catch for four yards. Also, was dealing with a groin injury. Entering that game, uh, he has been held to 50 yards or fewer in three of his last four. Um, just with all the guys, you know, like they're they're very much like a game plan week to week uh opponent specific offense right now uh where last week you know it's trey burton who pops up it's tara cohen with a big game taylor gabriel and Allen robinson take back seats uh the jets have given up the most production in the nfl to opposing wide receivers so you know on paper this sets up as a game where Allen robinson and taylor gabriel could p- bounce back um The Jets have not been, you know, particularly uh, bad or good against tight ends. They've gone through stretches where they were good and then stretches where they were bad. Um, You know, they they're missing. They have been missing a lot of talent in the secondary: Tremaine Johnson, Buster Screen, and Marcus May. uh, Their second-year free safety, he's not going to play again. Um, I think that Trey Burton has settled in, though, as a guy that we can start every week. Uh, He's been pretty consistent. Um, not usually the, the hu- huge upside games that we saw from him last week, but he's been steady uh, and he's a top eight fantasy tight end on the year. Um, Anthony Miller is a, a super deep sleeper this week because you know the jets get killed by slot receivers literally every week. I mean, every time that a slot receiver plays against the jets, they are crushing. And Anthony Miller last week uh, had a season high seven targets. Uh, led the Bears in air yards with 124, did not connect enough, uh, but you know that was uh, that that was promising usage for Anthony Miller, and I think that he is in the mix as a wide receiver four this week. Sam Darnold goes to Soldier Field, tough place to play. The Bears defense has not been great in its last two games, um, but you know Sam Darnold wasn't very good last week either. And man, his receiver core is all kinds of banged up. Right now, I mean, last week they're trotting out Sharon Peak and Andre Roberts. You know, behind um, uh, Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse got zero targets. Uh, or I'm sorry, he got he got two targets. He had zero catches. Uh, just out there, win, run wind sprints. Um, you know, no, no one knows where he is. But Sharon Peak drops a pass and gets picked off, uh, and then uh, you know, Andre Roberts cuts short a route. It gets picked off. You know, there's two of of Sam Darnold's three interceptions. Um, The third one, I mean, he just forced it to Robbie Anderson in bracket coverage. And, you know, that's going to happen for a a young quarterback. Um, But I don't really expect, you know, very much from the Jets offense here. Um, Bilal Powell, I don't think he's going to play this week. Uh, You could pick up Trenton Cannon. I'm actually trying to get him uh, in my dynasty league right now. He's on the waiver wire. Uh, Kind of an explosive, uh, smaller back. Uh, six six round pick uh, out of a small school liked him a little bit in the preseason. Uh, but he will be the change of pace back behind Isaiah Crowell. Uh, Trenton Cannon actually led the team in receiving last week. Uh, but it's, it's not a good matchup for Trenton Cannon or Isaiah Crowell, uh, against the bears. Crowell is a, a, just a volume, you know, kind of touchdown based option here against, uh, Chicago. Um, in the receiver core, you know, again, Jermaine Curse, 90% of the snaps last week, uh, runs 40 routes, the, the most that he has all season, and he just gets ignored. You look at the, the slot receivers that have gone up against the Bears, though, and Jermaine Curse played 73% of his snaps in the slot. Uh, Julian Edelman, Randall Cobb, Tyler Lockett, Dini Amendola have all uh, produced at or above expectation against the Bears' slot coverage. So, you know, although it's hard to stomach coming off the goose egg, uh, Jermaine Kearse, his outlook has is not, is not really changed, you know, just because of a one-game blip. Um, he, he's still, like, right in that mix where, I mean, he could come out and lead the team in, in receiving this week, no problem. Uh, I mean, he had ten targets and nine catches the game before. Uh, Robbie Anderson, um, he is – his usage is way up. I mean, last week he had – uh, Ten targets, easily uh, his most of the season, uh, and man, uh, Darnold had him on this potential 81-yard touchdown, but just slightly overthrew him, and it looked like the wind took it a little bit. I mean, the the wind was a, a real factor uh, in that Jets Vikings game last week, um, and so you know, it's it's again, it's 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 not cliche to say that it is, or maybe it is cliche, but it's not wrong to say that it's a game of inches. It truly is. And, um, you know, Sam Darnold winds up with three touchdowns, including a rushing touchdown, uh, last week if they connect on that. Uh, and we're probably having a little bit of a different conversation. Chris Herndon caught a 12 yard touchdown off play action last week. Uh, almost scored twice, uh, but the second one was overturned on replay review. Of course, he ran just 13 pass routes in the game. Jordan Leggett uh, ran more pass routes at tight end. Uh, but his, his playing time is going up. I mean, you know, he had seven routes the week before. Um, unfortunately, no bear, no tight end that to face the Bears all season has reached 50 yards. Um, so I think that Chris Herndon, though, needs to be owned in all dynasty leagues. And we're getting to the point where he is a viable streamer. We can move on to the next one.
0: Let's get to the Bucks and the Bengals. And I'm convinced, Evan, that Jameis Winston plays the exact same game every week. Every week it's over 300 yards, maybe a couple touchdowns, and but he has a couple picks, a fumble. Although this game he actually didn't throw for any touchdowns, but he actually ran and maybe as well as he ever has.
1: Yeah, I had never seen him move that well. I mean, 10 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. Um, you're right. I mean, I, I agree with that, that assessment that he plays the same game every week and then like you know like we said it's kind of you know if if the variance goes in his favor you know is is the other team going to drop the interception is are they going to catch it return it for six you know if they if, hey, if they drop it he, he comes back in the next play and you know throws like a, a heater to oj howard for a big touchdown you know it's just kind of the variance of the game but I, I agree that he is i don't know he's a he's a fun dude to watch that's for sure and i think that this game has high scoring uh potential Tampa Bay, of course, their defense is a real, real problem. Um, You know, and uh, on the other side, Cincinnati's defense has not been very good either. Uh, I think that Jameis, I mean, Jameis Winston has now been a top five fantasy quarterback in uh, each of his two starts since after the bye. uh, And I expect him to continue to play at a high level from a box score standpoint. Um, Six of the seven quarterbacks to have faced the Bengals uh, have finished in the top 12 on the week. So uh, we have seen the upside from Jameis Winston. Sorry, I had to cough there. Um, We've seen the upside from Jameis Winston, and we have seen the high floor provided by the Cincinnati defense. Really like that combination Uh, anytime we see it. And, you know, for a couple of teams that do not rush the passer – uh like that aspect and that increases our our shootout probability um the receivers are are kind of you know the pass catchers are always kind of a mess you know chris godwin has scored more often than not this year but he's been a touchdown dependent guy i mean he's averaging under 50 yards per game but he has scored in four of seven games. i'm sorry four of six games so that's what you need from him really and, of course, he's got eight friggin' targets inside the 10-yard line, which is you know, top three in the NFL. Um, so they they definitely use him when they're down there, but he's got to connect on one of those or else he's not really helping you uh, in fantasy, and that makes him like a touchdown-dependent wide receiver three slash flex. I uh, love O.J. Howard in this game. Uh, Cincinnati has been terrible against tight ends. Week six, they gave up 14 catches to the Steelers' tight ends. Last week, six catches for 112 yards and a touchdown on seven targets to the Chief, by the Chiefs' tight ends. Uh, Demetrius Harris scored a touchdown against them. Kelsey had almost 100 yards. Uh, so, and O.J. Howard, seventh among tight ends in yards despite the early bye, despite dealing with that little knee injury. Uh, and he is an every-week fantasy starter. Cameron Braid can't use him, just does not get enough playing time. Mike Evans uh, finally pops up with a big game over 100 yards uh, last week. You know, I like this matchup for for Mike Evans for sure. Um, Deshaun Jackson goes back down last week. Um, you know, Adam Humphreys is still there getting uh, sporadic targets. You know, so uh, d jacks you, you know the deal with him. You know, he's, he he's going to be a big play dependent guy. Probably not going to get a lot of volume. Uh, the running back core, I guess that Peyton Barber got hurt last week, you know, did not see him play in overtime. Uh, I think that he checked out at some point in, uh, the fourth quarter. And so that wound up skewing the, um, touch distribution and the snaps for, uh, the Tampa Bay backfield. Uh, he, you know, gets vultured by Ronald Jones, um. Jacquez Rogers pops up. He played a ton in overtime. Jacquez Rogers was like the main dude out there in overtime. So something to monitor, you know, I think that if we knew that we were going to get Peyton Barber in the clear lead back role that he played in week six, um, you know, he would be a solid RB two play, but right now he he looks like a risky flex option. Uh, On the other side, Bengals offense has just lost a ton of talent and, you know, Tyler Eifert, John Ross uh, can't stay on the field, um, you know, and they, they have not, you know, they lost Tyler Croft. They have not been able to recover. Um, and I think that the arrow is kind of pointing down on their offense at this point. With that said, you know, going back home after that primetime loss, this is a, a prime bounce-back game uh, for, for any team. And then you're also, you know, you combine that with facing the worst defense in football, Um, And I think it would be hard to turn away from any of these guys in fantasy. Uh, AJ Green, you know, all systems go. Tyler Boyd, all systems go. Uh, Buccaneers have gotten smashed by slot receivers. They've gotten smashed by tight ends. Uh, CJ Uzoma, um, you know, saved himself with a touchdown last week, only had two targets. Uh, But I think that he can bounce back for a big game. Uh, And Andy Dalton, I think, is a strong streamer. Uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, favored at home, facing this Bucks defense. Just lost their middle linebacker, Quan Alexander. Probably not going to have Gerald McCoy back. Probably not going to have Vinnie Curry back. Um, great spot for Joe Mixon. We can move on to the next one.
0: Seahawks coming off the bye against the Lions, who are running the Rock.
1: Yeah, both these teams are running the Rock. And both these teams... Um, have pretty good matchups here. Uh, the, now the Lions did just acquire Snacks Harrison, uh, and my guess is that he'll be out there in the first game. I mean, why wouldn't he be? Maybe maybe not the whole time. I mean, not even with the Giants was he playing uh, just a little bit over half the snaps. Um, you know, we'll probably see him get in there for 20, 30 snaps on Sunday. Um, but both of these teams are, are very, you know, they want to run the ball. The way that the Lions played last week. With Matthew Stafford, I think he had twenty-two attempts. He averaged nine point nine yards per attempt. No turnovers. They just ran the rock the whole damn game. I feel like that's exactly what so many NFL coaches would love to be able to do. Um, just impose their will with the running carry. On Johnson is out there, um, you know, busting long runs. Next gen stats uh, uh, clocked his seventy-one yard run as the third fastest run all season on a rushing attempt. I mean, dude's got some serious, serious speed, uh, goes for almost 180 total yards, uh, 21 touches. You know, I don't care if Theo Riddick is back in week eight. It is a crime if we don't get to continue to see Kerry and Johnson in this featured back role. Um, and, you know, Seattle has been okay against the run, not great. Um, but this, this Lions offensive line, man, and we talked about, you know, teams that, in our offensive line show offensive lines that might take a leap this year um you know to leap from that like second tier into the elite tier i think that the lions might be doing that um with frank Ragnow up front and uh tj lang back healthy and both the tackles healthy um football outsiders has them as the number uh 3 run blocking unit in the nfl right now uh so uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, the volume has not been there, man. I mean, Russell Wilson is last in the NFL right now in pass attempts per game at 27 and a half. Over Matthew Stafford's last three, he's averaged 26 pass attempts per game. Um, so, you know, that, that puts him in kind of precarious position. He's not a runner. You know, at least Russell Wilson theoretically can run. Um, but Matthew Stafford is like a lower upside, lower floor fantasy option because of that. And Seattle has been good against the pass. They have maintained, um, you know, competence uh, in the in, in terms of their pass defense, uh, even without Earl Thomas, even having lost a bunch of guys like a cornerback. Uh, this has started to affect the Lions. This re- reduced volume has really started to affect the Lions uh, receivers. Uh, because, you know, that was something that we could bank, bank on for years. Matthew Stafford has been like top 10 in the NFL in pass attempts every year since his rookie season entering this year, but it doesn't look like he's going to get there this season. The Lions' defense is a lot better. Again, their running game has been borderline dominant uh, at times. So that, you know, that, that's going to bleed into their receiver core, and it's hard to get, you know, a real separation. It's kind of like the Jaguars, but just with a much better quarterback. Uh, But it's hard to get a real separation uh, between Galladay, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, uh, because, you know, we we can't count on these guys to get 10 target games uh, anymore. Marvin Jones has been dominating the work uh, in scoring position. Kenny Galladay has uh, in terms of air yards and Golden Tate in terms of raw targets. Um, And none of their matchups stand out against Seattle. So you're just kind of on your own. They're, they're, um, wide receiver two slash three plays against Seattle. We saw that Michael Roberts pop up for two touchdowns last week. Games like that are particularly tilting for the Lions, uh, you know, fantasy owners of the Lions receivers because that has not been a factor uh, so far. Michael Roberts, Roberts only ran 10 routes in that game, and he scored a touchdown on two of them. Uh, so that, that's not really something that, that we can hang our hat on. Uh, on the other side Seahawks as you mentioned coming off their bye Russell Wilson uh, hopefully his hamstring healed up a little bit during the off week um, because he was not running uh, before that uh, the Lions pass rush has been really good they're number 1 in the NFL in sack per drop back rate uh, and number 13 in quarterback hit rate only one uh, team that has faced the line, or one quarterback that has faced the Lions so far has been a top 12 finisher On the week, so Russell Wilson is another guy who, you know, historically we've been able to count on as an every week fantasy starter. Uh, This week, you know, he's he's like on the fringe now. Um, He's not a a bankable guy, Um, and Seattle has not been good uh, in in terms of their pass protection. Again, Uh, before the buy, Rashad Penny reemerged as a factor in Seattle's backfield. Eleven touches. Uh, Chris Carson did have the most touches in the backfield, 14. uh, But this took Mike Davis out of the picture, really, only seven touches. Um, It looks like they're going to come back with the three-way RBBC, and that is not fun in in fantasy football. The Lions, again, have been terrible in run defense, but they are getting snacks. Harrison, he's a true difference maker on the interior. Uh, Chris Carson, RB2 slash flex. Uh, Rashad Penny really want to see it twice at this point because they have um, pulled him in and out. Mike Davis really can't use him. Um, Doug Baldwin got it rolling against the Raiders in Week six before the bye. Uh, six catches for um, six catches for 91 yards. Uh, dusted Daryl Worley for a 42 yard gain. Um, He's running 65% of his routes in the slot, so he's going to be able to avoid uh, Darius Slay in this one. Darius Slay plays 89% of his snaps outside. Tyler Lockett um, is still running. He still ran 50% of his routes in the slot in that week six game. Uh, He becomes riskier for sure, uh, but it's not necessarily due to Darius Slay's coverage. It's because Doug Baldwin uh, is back and rolling, and that's going to pull targets away. From Tyler Lockett, especially on a team that doesn't want to throw uh, very often. Again, Russell Wilson last in the NFL in pass attempts. David Moore is a playmaker on the field for Seattle. Unfortunately, he's just not getting enough targets, you know, to, to be able to bank on. He can't keep up this touchdown rate. He has seven catches on the season, three for TDs. Um, so, I mean, if you want to play him, just know what you're getting into. You know, he could, he could goose egg easily. Um, and you're hoping for another score. I guess Ed Dixon is coming back a tight end from the PUP list. That, you know, he he will probably rotate with Nick Vanette. Uh, not fun. We can move on to the next one.
0: Okay, let's get to the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs after I make sure anybody that wants tickets to go to the Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, or any other game, Evan – goes to SeatGeek.com or downloads the SeatGeek app. I'm telling you, if you guys haven't at least downloaded the app or look at it, it's awesome. Not only can you see the best tickets for any event in your area – It actually will feed you that stuff so you know things that are available in your area that you weren't even aware of. It's awesome. Then you can actually price compare the different tickets that are available so you know, like when you're buying a flight on kayak, that you're getting the best ticket possible based on what's available. Here's what you can get, too. If you download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code FEAST today, you get $20 off your first purchase. So some of these tickets are not that expensive, and then you get $20 off, it's a steal. SeatGeek, make sure you put the promo code in FEAST when you download the app. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Broncos and the Chiefs just keep rolling, Evan.
1: Yeah, and I mean, every reason to believe that they will continue to roll here. Uh, the, the Broncos did have that, you know, crazy 45-10 to 10 or whatever it was win uh, in Arizona where the Cardinals just straight up did not show to the game. I mean, they should have just stayed at home. Um, but, you know, I think that Patrick Mahomes can just light the Broncos up here. Um, I think that the, the Broncos are dead. I mean, they, they had lost four games in a row uh, entering that game they played pretty well uh in in denver against patrick mahomes relatively speaking he had to like you know engineer a a comeback that was his second worst fantasy game of course he was still a top 12 finisher uh, on the week uh but you know catching catching the broncos on the road here in kansas city uh with one of the the best home field advantages in the nfl at arrowhead patrick mahomes should have a monster game uh, Travis Kelsey's history against the Broncos is enormous. The Broncos actually have, have done a pretty good job containing Tyree Kill, but they've done an awful job containing uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, we're still rolling Tyree Hill, of course. Uh, he snapped his five-game streak of not being able to score, score touchdowns at home last week, got into the paint, did drop one, uh, dropped a long one, but then he scored, scored a short one. Um, so, you know, like to see that. Uh, Sammy Watkins has been kind of steady. Uh, His best games have actually come at home. He's got a touchdown in or 70-plus yards in all three home games. Um, Kareem Hunt rolling big time, uh, and I expect that to continue against Denver, which has not played well against the run. Um, I I don't think that the Chiefs' defense is necessarily coming around, but I think that they can – get just uh, enough going against Case Keenum uh, for Case Keenum to be a pretty weak uh, fantasy start outside of two quarterback leagues. And uh, Emmanuel Sanders has the best matchup here. I'm kind of interested to see if we get a Demarius Thomas trade uh, because I think that the Broncos clearly want to move on from him. They want to play Cortland Sutton in a full-time role. Uh, Cortland Sutton has been pretty inconsistent um, he's left a lot of plays on the field uh, so far this year, but I mean, I, I think that the talent is real clearly there. Um, and you know, I, I'm just I'm interested to see if Demarius Thomas gets moved. Royce Freeman was reported to have suffered a high ankle sprain uh, late in that game against Arizona, uh, but the coaches have been tr- have been saying that he's day to day. But you know, that's uh, an injury situation. To monitor if we can get uh, Philip Lindsay without Royce Freeman in the lineup, I mean Philip Lindsay becomes a real, real good-looking fantasy start. And I mean he would have been a good fantasy start in this game either way. The matchup is strong. He's been getting consistent double-digit touches, but you know in a game where Royce Freeman did not play, he could potentially push for twenty, uh, which would be absolutely fantastic. Um, that pretty much takes, yeah, that, that takes care of that game. We can move on to the next one.
0: Redskins and the giants.
1: Yeah, I have not, uh, written this game up yet. Uh, but, um, I think it, it's clear like that the giants are, are, you know, understand where they are. Uh, finally, you know, uh, 10 months too late, but they, they kind of understand where they are and that's why they're moving pieces. Uh, and they, you know, they gave away Eli Apple and they gave away uh, Snacks Harrison. And, you know, we may see Janoris Jenkins moved. Um, so that, that this is a good opportunity for Adrian Peterson. And Adrian Peterson is. He's running real well. I mean, he's like a, he's like a top 10 rusher in the NFL right now in terms of uh, ability, in terms of production. And you know, of course, he's not going to catch a ton of passes, uh, but. In terms of running ability, I mean, he's 85% of his prime, and that's good enough on a team that clearly, clearly, clearly wants to run the ball, and understandably so, because Alex Smith has been real, real unimpressive from a passing game standpoint. Can't get Jordan Reed the ball. You know, every friggin' receiver is out last week, Jamison Crowder, Paul Richardson, starting Michael Floyd, uh, at receiver, Maurice Harris, um, and Jordan Reed still can't get the ball. Vernon Davis uh, didn't run a single pass route all last week after the previous week lead, leading the team and receiving. I mean, I just don't know what to do with, with these pass catchers. You know, I still consider Jordan Reed a top-12 tight end play, but it, it it hasn't been great, you know, um, especially since the bye. Like, I know he, Jordan Reed was doing real well before the bye, and all of a sudden he can't – you know, he's like – He's a ghost since the bye. Um, I mean, you know, you're, you're starting Odell, obviously Saquon Barkley. I wonder if they kind of start to, you know, reduce, like work Wayne Gallman in a little bit more. It doesn't really make sense for them to be uh, playing Saquon Barkley. If if they're going to be tanking, it doesn't make sense for them to be playing Saquon Barkley like they have so far. Um, it's just something to think about, you know. I'm not saying like bench Saquon Barkley, but uh, it, it's it's a concern. It's something to, to consider. It makes sense, you know, in line with what they are doing right now uh, as a team. Sterling Shepard has been balling, um, and I expect that to continue. Fabian Morrow, the Redskins slot corner, went out with an injury last week. Not sure he's going to play. Uh, Evan Ingram was a little bit more quiet in the Falcons game. Uh, But that was his first game back from a multi-week knee injury. Uh, He should be better here against the Redskins' zone defense. Uh, You know, it it all comes down to Eli Manning. Uh, But we did see, I mean, Eli Manning can get the ball to his receivers at times. You know, just enough for them to be productive as we saw against Atlanta. Um, Eli Manning independently, though, is not a fantasy option in this game. We can move on to the next one.
0: Last game, Evan. Here for part one. It's the Browns at the Steelers.
1: Yeah, one thing I notice is that the Browns, you know, you like obviously they play four games in overtime, okay, and they have not had their bye week, and they're a real young team. But they have played uh, the most snaps in the their defense has played the most snaps in the NFL by 34, which is about a half a game. Um, like Larry Young and Joby, their nose tackle has played a hundred more snaps than any other defensive tackle in the NFL. That's about a game and a half worth. Uh, and now they're going on the road to face um, a Steelers team that's coming off its bye. So these teams are in very, very different places. And we've talked about the bye stuff, about how it can mean to higher variance, you know, uh, teams slash players can play at the bottom end of their of their spectrum um, or at the top end. Like Matthew Stafford in the Lions last week, they played at the top end last week. But we've, we've, also, we've also seen a lot of teams play at the bottom end of their spectrum. So, hey, I mean, maybe that'll happen for the Steelers. Maybe they'll come out slow, you know, whatever. But, but they certainly have, in terms of, like, potential fatigue, a uh, significant advantage on the visiting team. And we, of course, know how well the Steelers tend to play at home. I mean, this is where big Ben has all his big games. And I think he will have a big game against Cleveland this week. They're still missing uh, their middle linebacker, Joe Schobert, uh, every down guy pro bowler in 2017 uh, and Terrence Mitchell, um, a decent little cornerback pickup that they had in the offseason, And EJ Gaines his backup. So they are, are pretty, you know, shorthanded at some pretty crucial uh, position positions, from a pass defense standpoint, I think that AB can go off. Denzel Ward has been awesome. Okay. I mean, Denzel Ward shadowed, you know, Keenan Allen. And uh, last week he actually rotated between shadowing, um, Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin. Neither guy got to 60 yards. Neither guy scored a touchdown. Um, and Denzel Ward is playing at a super high level. Uh, the week before he shadowed John Brown and like legit shut him down. Um, But I I do not. I think that Antonio Brown is going to teach him a thing or two. Juju Smith has just dropped hammers on the Browns every time that he has played him, over 100 yards in in all of them. Um, And the Browns slot coverage is not very good uh, with TJ Carey at that position. Uh, Vance McDonald, I think, is, you know, he's going to be up and down because he's kind of like the fourth wheel in their passing game behind uh, those two receivers and James Connor. Uh, so he's going to have some ups and downs, but uh, you know, with no Joe Schobert, I think this is a, a, an improved matchup for Vance McDonald, who had a big game before the Steelers' bye week. Uh, James Conner should rip this, rip this one wide open because the Browns' biggest def- defensive deficiency has been versus the run. Uh, James Conner, of course, going to be out there for pretty much every snap. James Conner has more twenty-plus yard runs this season. Uh, by two, then Le'Veon Bell had all of last season on 321 carries. James Conner only has 103 carries. Uh, James Conner has been absolutely fantastic. And again, as we've discussed, I think that if if Le'Veon Bell does come back, and the Steelers are trying to trade him, um, if he does come back, uh, I think that they they will work in a rotation. It makes sense f- from you know just a, a team standpoint. Uh, because uh, James Conner has earned it. I mean, you can't you can't in good faith pull James Conner off the field after all that he's done for this team. Um, and then it also makes sense from Le'Veon Bell's standpoint because apparently the reason that he's been sitting out is because of his workload. Uh, so that would reduce his workload and reduce his inj- injury risk. On the other side, um, pass protection has been a major issue uh, for for the Browns. And Baker Mayfield has been bad against the Blitz. And the Steelers are, are not, um, he's got a 66 quarterback rating against the, the Blitz. Um, and the Steelers are not necessarily a, a consistently high-frequency Blitz team, but there will be games where they really dial it up. And I think that it would make sense for this to be a game where they really dial it up. Um, I, I just I think the Steelers are going to crush, crush the Browns, and I think that uh, someone might end up getting fired after this game on Cleveland side. Um, Car- uh, Nick Chubb uh, is he's got three targets on the season has caught zero of them. So you know we're, we're not going to get passing game production out of him. He had 13 catches over his final three seasons at Georgia. Duke Johnson was um, <laughs> again a ghost five touches last week has not still not gone over six touches in any game this year. Um, So, I mean, I I don't like, I I don't know what to say about that, man. You can't use him. But so Nick Chubb and the Steelers defense has been their strength or their run run defense has been their strength defensively. Uh, So that is a concern for Nick Chubb on top of his lack of receiving involvement. Um, And in a game where this could flip badly, Uh, You know, the the Steelers are just in a much better spot than the Browns, uh, and they always play well in in these home games. Um, I think that uh, Nick Chubb is like a a risky kind of touchdown-dependent RB2. Even last week, he kind of got lucky. There was a DPI, defensive pass interference flag, that got him under the one, and then he punched it in. Otherwise, he would have been a pretty big bust in fantasy. Um, In the receiver core, they finally – pulled down Antonio Calloway's targets after he was like spent a month just killing the team. Um, he had two targets last week. Um, Damian Ratley was you know kind of nowhere to be found. I mean, he had, like 25 yards in uh, Joku and Jarvis Landry were, were the, st- the standouts. And I think that we're going to continue to see that uh, in this game. Uh, Steeler slot coverage is pretty solid with Mike Hilton there. Uh, but Jarvis Landry has, really dominated targets. I mean, he's got 15 more than anyone in Baker Mayfield's four starts. Uh, And I think that that will continue. Uh, And then David Njoku, you know, the Steelers have been bad against tight ends really ever since they lost Ryan Chazier. Uh, And David Njoku has actually been the most consistent Browns pass catcher in Mayfield's starts, and that takes care of that.
0: I love it. And if you love anything that Evan had to say and you wanted to bet on it, Maybe some of those prop bets, Evan gave you a little hint, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1, you get a 50% sign-up bonus. If you like listening to Fantasy Feast, you like making games more interesting one way or the other, we got the World Series going, we got college football, NBA and NHL have started up, and of course... The glorious National Football League. It's betonline.ag. It's the promo code PODCAST1. And remember, if you sign up, when I win the PODCAST1 Sportsnet Challenge, I get to pick five of you to get $100 each. I'll do it for part one, but you know how we do it. Evan and I are going to record part two right now. Make sure it's in your podcast app right after midnight so you are more than ready for week eight. In the National Football League. We're going to finish up this one, and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft
1: podcast, all available on iTunes at Rostucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.